Thank you. Thank you for the Holy Ghost and fire. Thank you for the truth of heaven. Thank you, my Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed and holy and reverend is thy eternal name, Jesus. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear King. Glory. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'm glad to be right here right now. I'll tell you what. I want to turn your attention to the book of Psalms. Turn to Psalm 1. All right. God is a great God. Holy and mighty is his name. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. I'd like to um, do a little Feld version to this tonight. Blessed is the man, and or woman, of course, that walketh in the counsel of the godly, that standeth in the seat, oh, I've got the wrong place, sorry, uh, that standeth in the way of the saints, and that sitteth in the seat of the glorious. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Now, you know, Ruth Jude had something to say. And uh, I mentioned this morning it's a, a, sh a short letter, but it's a very powerful letter. And uh, he says a whole lot in, that, in this book here of Jude, 25 verses. And I'd like for you to hear something that he had to say to help put it in perspective, shall we say. But he, he made it very crystal clear that uh, Enoch, verse 14, also 
the seventh from Adam. You know, Enoch was that guy that had a testimony that pleased God, and God decided he was going to give him the early bird flight. <laughs> he took him out of there early. And uh, they looked around one day, and they said, where's Enoch? Where, where's Enoch? And Enoch was not, for the Lord took him, because he had a testimony that he pleased God. And so Enoch, now nowhere in the Bible are you going to read what you're fixing to read in verse 14, okay? Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. I'm going to tell you what, I never read anywhere in the Bible where Enoch prophesied. There's no record of it. But the Holy Ghost decided to pull back the curtain and to put a little Windex on the window. You know, the Bible said we look through a glass darkly. And uh, the Holy Ghost began to, to talk to Jude and gave him these words to put to pen. And uh, I was hearing somebody talking about some things about the Bible. And, uh, you know, they're, they're another person, is another group has come out with they're trying to say that the King James Version has a lot of errors in it, and it's wrong. And so they've come out with the Queen's version of the Bible. Well, we won't go too deeply into that, but, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, you know they're, uh, they want things to be like they want things to be. And, uh, but you know what? I got news for you. No matter what they want or what they think, Jesus Christ is in control. In the beginning, God, okay? In the beginning, God. Now, they can change that, and uh, there's a group that goes around, and they like to knock doors, and I'm all for knocking doors, and I'm all for talking to people. I want us to do that. We do do that, and uh, we do try to get Bible studies and, and bring people to the kingdom of Almighty God, bring them the truth about it. But there's a lot of folks that that's the begin, that's the Alpha and the Omega. That's the zenith of there is just to knock the doors. That's it. That's all they're doing. And uh, just putting in some time, marking some time, they've got nothing to give. They're like the guy in the Bible that ran, and when he got there, they said, what's the message? He said, I don't have a message. I don't have a message. I don't have a message. He said, really? He said, you're going to stand over there behind the door. Maybe you'll get that brain that God gave out, and you were behind the door, and you didn't get it. So go over there and see if you can find it. But um, we're, the, we're the church. We're the people that's got the message here. We're running the race. And, yes, we may... Uh, be just a little bit slower because this message has some burden attached to it, okay? And there's an awful lot of resistance to this message. Do you hear me now? The enemy does not want what we have to continue to get out. He doesn't want people to know the truth because people who get the truth are people who get delivered and they're out of Satan's clutches then. He's, they're torn out of his hand and the devil gets slapped around and he gets sent down the road and he doesn't like that. He wants to be just what he's trying to do in, in America and in this whole entire world. He wants total control. But I got news for you, no matter what it does, no matter what laws he passes, no matter what havoc that he wreaks in the earth, I'm telling you that God is in control. Hear me now. Hear me now. Amen. Well, you know, you can get a little bogged down in between places. and uh, But I'm going to tell you what, you take a good look to the Scriptures and the subject matter that talk to you about the end. 
the end of this thing and uh, to get the uh, summation of everything, how it's going to be in the end. We have nothing to fear because we know that it's going to turn out just right. You hear me? It's going to turn out just right. God has given us victory. He has translated us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's made an open show of victory over the enemy. I'm telling you, our God is great and mighty, and you need, in your difficult time, in your trying time, you need to trust him. You need to trust him. You need to let him know that the Bible says you come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't have to come with your ears down. You don't have to come uh, shoulder slumped. You come and you know that God is going to do what needs to be done. He'll do it his way because it'll be the right way. But God's not going to leave you. God's not going to forsake you. God's not going to forget about you. And then it behooves you not to forget about God. It behooves you to remember God. Now in the days of thy youth, the book said, remember thy creator. Yeah, Lord. You want to be remembered by God? Make sure you remember God. Amen. Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands, plural, of his saints, plural, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly. That means not godlike, the opposite of God. Okay? If you, if you have holiness, then you could have unholiness. You can have people that, that do the opposite. And they, uh, you know, am I, am I allowed to say booty shorts? You know, you got people, <laughs> Nicole, put your eyes back in your head. <laughs> okay. You've got people out there that go around, you know, walking around these ways, and it's going to get more and more immodest. You hear me tell you? I don't know how it can except just about become a nudist colony out there everywhere, but it's, it's getting worse and worse. And the Bible tells you that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. If We want you to obey this word of God. You should have it in your heart by the Holy Ghost that you want to obey him and you want to have a holiness about you. You want to have a godliness about you that you don't want to be like the world out there. You don't want to be living in a septic tank. You don't want your ears and your eyes and your nostrils to be filled with the filth and your mind to be filled with the filth of this world. That's why you need to listen to me when I tell you get rid of the television. Get rid of the cable. Get rid of the garbage that he's trying to pump into your life, into your brain. Amen. Resist that stuff. Let's, let's get it get it going the right way. The Bible talked about uh, they that are of the contrary part. You know, we teach the young men when it's time to use a wheelbarrow that you point it in the direction that you're going to be going. Because if you got it pointed the wrong way and then you load it down and it's weighing 100, 150 pounds and then you got to Turn it around, and you've got to be able to maintain that balance when you do it because, God forbid, if that wheelbarrow you turn it around dumps out, you've got to load it all up again. But if you get it going and face it in the right direction and then load it up, it's a whole lot easier to pick it up and start moving in the right direction. You're saving yourself a whole lot of difficulty. Well, I'm trying to tell you, if you go ahead and let the, this church through the power of the Holy Ghost get you turned around in the right direction and we'll put the right burden in your life. We'll put a burden that the Bible said is light and it's a yoke that's easy. It's going to be okay. It's going to be better. Your most difficult time in the church is way better 
than the best time they ever have out there in the septic tank that they're living in, the filth that they're living in. Amen. 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 Say, well, Senior Pastor, I'm embarrassed when you say that. Well, just don't be wearing them because you're going to be more embarrassed. Hello. Somebody said, praise the Lord. So, we're back to, to execute judgment. Think about that. Enoch's telling you that there's judgment coming. And he's saying, to convince all that are ungodly among all of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly. You get the, the word, it keeps saying it over and over. It's trying to get something into somebody's head here. Okay? Ungodly committed. And of all their hard speeches, people get to talking so stout and so tough and so, you know, what all they're going to do. And ain't nobody going to tell me. And, and you know, and they're going to write their own Bible so they can live any old way they want to live. And, 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 and nobody's going to keep them from having their fun. Okay? Well, one of these days, somebody's going to find out that their fun is going to lose the fun. It's not going to be so such a happy moment anymore. There are things that are going to, you know, you got people that are doing all their junk and calling it fun until they visit the doctor and the doctor comes back with that bad news from that blood test. Okay? Come back with that, that little note there. It's like the man that said, he made, he made his statement. He said, if I ever get AIDS, he said, I'm going to, he lived on the 40th floor of a high rise, 40 floors up. That's high. That's very much up there, right? And he said, I will, and there was a big plate glass window in his apartment, his condo, I guess you call it. And he said, I'm going to go right through that plate glass window. Well, sure enough, he came home one night, and the mail sitting down there, and he opened the letter, and there it was, the news from the doctor that you have AIDS. You are HIV positive. And they, they said they reported it in the, in the radio and in the, in the news and in the paper, he took a flying leap, ran right through that plate glass window and fell 40 stories to his death. Let me tell you something, then all of a sudden it's not so much fun. Let's get the un out of this thing and let's get going in a godly way. Let's get turned in a right way. Let's get going in the right direction. Let's start living. Let's walk in the way of the godly. Take the prophets and the prophetesses. And have given you an example, the book said. Look at their conversation or their lifestyle. Look at the way they live. Read the way they live. They're your models. They're your role models. Pattern yourself after them. Okay? Pattern yourself after them. How did they do it? How is it that they were so successful? How is it that they were able to overcome? Don't you think? You know, Jesus Christ was a teenager. He passed through teenagerhood. Sure he did. He went, he went and visited the hood, the teenager hood. Yeah, sure he did. He'd be seated. He knows what struggles you go through. He can identify. He can have compassion on you. Don't look for any sympathy but compassion. He'll be moved towards you with compassion. But let me tell you, when he starts moving in your life and when you finally yield yourself, there's no problem about God. He's ready to pardon He's just sitting on ready, okay? And, uh, you know, they you get ready to run a race, and you, you get all positioning yourself, and 
get your muscles all tensed up and you're you're waiting for the fella to say, you know, ready. Man, and they, they have a, a movement that they make and they're just getting everything ready. And they're waiting for that gun to go off, that starter's gun. And they're going to take off, friend. They're going to put everything they got into it. The Bible did talk about running this race, you know. It's in your Bible. And it's telling you to run. It's encouraging you to run. Get in this thing. And, uh, and that's what I'm telling you. The writer is looking at this thing and he's saying, you need to start doing this in a godly way. You need to start doing it in a godly manner. Do it in a way that is godlike. Do it in a, God is not, I told some men, uh, we were out at the prison and, and teaching and preaching and praying for people and, and uh, I, I was teaching them from the word of God and, and uh, I came in one, one Saturday afternoon and the men came to me and they said, you know, every, after the weekend, every Monday, the chaplain out here is bringing in some guy and we have to go in there. They're making us go in there. We have to sit down. We have to listen to this guy tell us that you don't have to stop smoking. You don't have to stop drinking. And you don't. You can do anything you want to do. Now, in those jails, I got news for you. You can get anything you want to get. Okay? They can get it in there to you. And, and they'll, they're only happy to give you more sin. Let me tell you, that's just the truth. And, uh, and, the, and these guys were complaining to me, and they were saying, he's telling us we can be saved and still do all that stuff. And I asked them, I said, well, uh, you use the term Christian. They said, yes. I said, and that means Christ-like. They said, yes. I said, so how do you envision Jesus? Do you envision him with a, with a joint out of one side of his mouth and a cigar out of the other? And do you envision him with a, a woman over this arm and a man under this arm? Do you envision him as being all uh, unshaven and, and uh, scraggly looking? And do you envision him uh, just having a bad, dirty mouth and saying ugly things? Is that how you see Jesus pictured in this Bible? They said, no. I said, that's right. You, pick, you know how he's pictured in the Bible and you want to be like him. You want to be godly. You want to do things in a right way. You want to walk in the path of the godly. You want to get on the path of the just. You want to get on the path that the Bible said shines more and more and more unto that perfect or complete day. We are trying here. We are striving here to do it better. All right. You know, when you, when you do it right, according, and God's the one that sets up what's right. And when you when you're striving to do it right, you're striving to do it right, then you, I want you to understand that there's a force that's against you, and you, you keep on striving, you keep on praying. What the Bible said, we have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So we, we're, we're learning, and we're pushing, and we're moving, and we're trying. We're not going to just lay down and quit. We're not just going to let the devil have his way. And everybody said amen. amen. All right. We're not giving him any free passes. And, but when you, when you start to go about, in the, about family or about your job or your school or the grocery store, wherever, your, your neighborhood, and, and you're doing that, how you're living is sending a message. It's sending a very strong message to people. And people need a strong message. They don't need weakness. They don't need people that uh, are saying it but not doing it. All right? They, they, they don't need that. They need people who, when they're telling them about God's love and God's goodness and God's healing power and his saving strength, uh, that he's able to break the chains, break the chains of darkness in our lives. 
and that he can set us free when he gives us the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what he does. That people need to see that demonstrated. Didn't Paul say in the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost, he came to make it clear, to show clearly, okay, for you to be able, you're not bragging, you're not strutting, you're not, you're not putting on some kind of walk there like that, or some worldly walk. You're not, you're not doing that. You know, if you're claiming that you've got some God in your life and, and that God's doing things for you and, and you're, you're a part of the church and you're a part of all the uh, departments under the umbrella of the church, all the ministries of the church, and then you go walking down through town, you know, and you're hanging out all over the place, literally, then you see that sends a contradiction to people. That sends a confusion, a confusing signal to people. And, um, you know, everybody's got their little old cell phones, right? And, you know, you, I saw a kid one time, he, he, had, he didn't have a, uh, a phone, I don't think, but he had, a, I guess, an iPad, iPod. And uh, I'll get my pods and my pads mixed up, excuse me. An iPod, and, and, and we had gone somewhere, and all of a sudden he was just marching along. Well, honey child, I want you to get a signal. I want you to get a clear, crystal clear signal from God's people and God's church. I want you to know there's some things we don't do. There's some places we don't go. There's some things we don't want any part of. But the things that are godly, the things that are good, the things that are heavenly, the things that are righteous, we want those things. We're striving for those things. We're striving for the mastery. Amen. Amen. While you're working on your, your natural masters, be sure to be working on getting your spiritual masters. Okay? And the spiritual masters is more important than the natural masters. I'm not against, not against education. But I want to get my spiritual education because that's going to get me to heaven. That's going to get me to that street of gold. That's going to get me to go through those gates of pearl. And, and all the other things that are depicted in the book of Revelation of what is coming from Almighty God to be a part. The church is beautiful. The church is wonderful. The church is glorious. You've got to hear the voice that's telling you the positive thing. You've got to, you've got to get a little insight here. You need God to, and through the church and through the preaching and everything to uh, put a little Windex on your glass there and let you peek through this thing and see it a little more clearly. Don't let the enemy convince you that this is oppressing. Don't let, you know where oppression comes from? It comes from Marxism and fascism and communism. And all of, behind all of that is an evil spirit, and he is known as the Antichrist who's going to manifest himself. His spirit is even now working among us. I want you to understand, you've got to tell yourself, I'm in the church. I'm in the body of Christ. I'm not oppressed. God delivers me from oppression. God delivers me from the forces of hell and darkness he gives me all power over the power of the enemy if I will wait on him if I will trust him if I will obey him amen then all will be well it surely will for God's going to take care of the ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him he said, look, you want to know what these folks are? He said, they're murmurers. They are murmurers. They're complainers. I remember uh, telling some young people one time that 
the 11th commandment was, thou shalt not complain. And uh, so one day their mother was complaining. I mean, all day long, just complaining. And so one of them turned and looked at the mother and, and said, senior pastor said, thou shalt not complain. And so I love that. Kind of like saying senior pastor is right. I love that. It's good music, you know. And so, see, I don't, need, I don't need an iPod. I just need to hear you. I just need to hear you saying the right things, doing the right things, all right? It's like the most beautiful music on the violin or the saxophone or the piano when we are instruments of righteousness, where we're playing the tune that is righteous. We're not listening to ungodly lyrics. We don't want to hear music that's filled with cussing and, and ungodly uh, words and things that uh, are, will sully you and dirty you and, and, uh, and pollute your mind. We don't want those things. You know, the Bible said that we've clean escaped from the era of the wicked and that we don't run to the same excess of riot that they do. And they think it's strange. Well, guess what? We think it's strange that you do that. We think it's strange the things that you do. We think it's strange the places that you go. We think it's strange that you put junk in your veins. We think it's strange that you uh, gamble every day by the way you live and your lifestyle, that you gamble every day uh, about getting a, a disease unto death. We think that's very strange. There was a, uh, back in the 70s when actually AIDS began to make the scene, shall we say, begin to be known. And there was a very famous model. And, uh, but she wound up in a, in a hotel, in a, in a hospital or a hospice type room all by herself. Now she had been looked upon and, uh, by millions of people across the, the globe because of all the magazines she was in and because of her, her face and the things, the clothes that she modeled and maybe the ones that she didn't model. But she was in there and it was in the paper and how that she was in that hospice and she had no visitors. Oh, they didn't come to see her. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody wanted to be anywhere near her. All they knew was that she was sick. And yes, friends, she died in that room, in that bed, all by herself, completely destroyed by that horrible disease because of an ungodly lifestyle. I'm telling you, let's walk in the place of godliness. Let's walk in the place of God. Let's seat, sit in the seat of the saint. Let's be a part of that which is glorious, that the glory of God. Do you know, ladies, your hair is given to you for your glory. Get it straight. It's given to you for your glory. Amen. Amen. God has placed things in your life to beautify the meek, those that yield to the authority of his word. Do you know the devil hates authority? He hates it when you do what's right. He hates it when you can be preached to or spoken to or counseled and you, and you knuckle under and you obey it. He hates that because that he can't work in that kind of environment. He has to have confusion. He has to have hatred. He has to have disobedience. He has to work in all those places, all right? So when, when he sees that you're, you're not going to do wrong and that you're, you're praying, you're striving against his ungodly spirit, then he flees. The Bible said if you resist the devil, if you learn who to resist, nothing wrong with resistance, just make sure you're resisting the right ones. You want to resist the devil, but we don't want to resist God. We don't want to quench the spirit. People want to quench their thirst so they get Gatorade, right? Gatorade, right? Water, water, right? Good, good. That's good. Yes, Sister Stephanie, that's good. 
Get that good old water. If you're in the water business, you ought to drink a lot of water. All right. So come on now, church family. I'm telling you something. They tell you to do that, it's going to quench your thirst. Well, just remember, nothing quenches your thirst like the living water, the living waters of the Holy Ghost. And we don't want to We don't want to turn the Spirit of God off. We want that turned on. We want that flowing. That's why you want to get them hands up. That's why you want to run these aisles. That's why you want to get your dance on. You don't need a dance that's sexual in nature and going to get you sullied and dirty. You want a dance that glorifies God and edifies you and makes you happy, makes you excited. Amen and amen and amen. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, strong desire for sinful things, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons admiration because of advantage. So many people do things because they want to impress somebody in their crowd, okay? They want to go further so that they can get attention, get the spotlight on them. And uh, but I'm going to tell you what, that's not going to do you any good. They're not going to be there when you need help. They're not going to be anywhere around. They're just going to be more than happy to step up and take your spot that they elbowed you out of the way. But I am telling you that there's a God, that absolutely there's a church that is there to hold up your hand, that's there to strengthen you and encourage you and help you in your time of difficulty and trouble. And so it went, at, went on to say that uh, he said, But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken to you before of the, by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. There's going to be people that make fun. You should, you should be aware of that. You should be uh, smart enough, prayer, prayerful enough, spiritual enough to know discerning enough to know there's always going to be mockers. There's always going to be, they're going to they're sing it through their songs. They're going to write it in their books and their publications. They're going to act it out in different areas and ways. They're going to try to get it into the hearts and the minds to put the spiritual thing. You know, the Bible even said they're going to call the spiritual man mad. Okay? And, and we're looking at them, no, you're the one that's mad. You're the one that's crazy. Okay? It's not the church. Not the church at all. You know, we'll come here and we will leap for joy and we will run the aisles to express a happiness and an inspiration from God. And, and we'll, you know, whatever way that we respond and, and shout and praise and worship, uh, that is certainly defined in the Scripture. Uh, but, and they'll look at that because, and they'll mock that and they'll make fun of that because they're in the flesh. They are in the flesh. They are natural, natural in their mind. Okay, and they they disdain. What did Goliath do? He looked at David and he said, what am I, a dog? Did you send that little pipsqueak out here? And then he told him, he said, you come on. He said, I'm going to I'm going to feed you your flesh to the to the fowl of the air, whatever, the beasts of the field. And David said, yeah, he said, now, now you just imagine David way down there. Now, this guy's up there around 10 feet tall. You see these guys, maybe you see it, maybe you don't see it. I don't really get to see it, don't want to see it so much. But, um, you know, they've got ways of fancying up how they dunk the basketball. But, you know, they got to leap really pretty hard to do that. But old Goliath just reached up and went, boop, boop, 
you know, he was as tall as the basket was, okay? And old Goliath looking down at David. How many times does the enemy make himself look big so and look down on us? That, that's that murmuring. That's that, that complaining. That's that stuff, that intimidation that the enemy does, okay? And uh, I've, seen, I've, I've seen in high school, I saw guys that they would do all kinds of things on their side of the mat to try to psych out their opponent on the other side. Don't you know the enemy bellows loud? And that's what Goliath was doing. He, find me a man! You know, and he's out there bellowing like a bull. And David said, let me tell you something. He said, you're coming to me with your sword and your spear, and you're coming to me with all your great armor. He said, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. Now, you read your Bible, and you find out who won. Amen. You find out who won. And I'm telling you, read your Bible. You're going to find out who's going to come out in the winner's circle at the end of this whole thing. If the Antichrist is going to be broken without hand and without remedy, God is going to take care of business. Don't you worry about it. Just make sure that you're walking in the counsel of the godly. Amen. Walk with the godly. Walk with the saints. Walk in the glory. Amen. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. And let's worship our God here tonight. Don't let the devil talk you out of your reward, which had great recompense, great payment. Amen. Amen. sensual, having not the Spirit. Well, they got lots of religion, but they don't have this Holy Ghost. But ye, y'all, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You want to learn how to lift some weights, you come here and learn how to pray. Amen. You build up yourselves. You build up the muscles that matter. Amen. Let me tell you, they had that, those guys come by and came to uh, some churches here in town years ago, and they all wore their ungodly 
uh, shirts, and, uh, and, you know, they were power lifters. They were going to lift weights in front of everybody, and they were supposed to be doing this for Jesus. And I said, there ain't never been one devil, not one little bit of devil, cast it out by lifting weights, okay? One little bit of devil will throw you halfway across the room if you try that stuff with him. You better wake up and realize it takes the power and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. That's what gets the devil out. And that's what the devil fears. That's what he hates. Amen. But you know about them seven sons of Sceva you read in your Bible? They came up to somebody that is full of the devil, and they said, We adjure thee, old devil. We cast you out, old devil, in the name of, of the one that Paul preacheth, Jesus. And the devil spoke up. I know that was the first thing that got their attention. The devil just spoke right up. He said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. He said, who are you? <laughs> Don't know you. And the Bible said the devil just leaped on them, tore them up, and sent them running down the road, friend. I want you to know the devil will beat people up who absolutely try to imposter, try to make, do an impostering type thing. Uh, and make believe that there's something when they're not. I'm telling you right now, it's going to come down to, friend, you're going to have this or you're not going to have this. And God's church has got it. Hear me. Building up themselves on their most holy faith. Yeah. Praying yeah. in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And in doing that, it said, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We're not living for life here. We're living for eternal life. The things that have to do with here are temporary. The things that we're dealing with are eternal. World without end. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. And then he goes into soul winning. And when we, when we operate in, the, in this godly way, then God's going to give us souls, friend. He's going he's to help us to pull people out of the fire because people are going to see. I knew that girl. Boy, she was bad, but not no more. I knew that kid, that boy, he was, oh, he was bad, but not anymore. Something's changed for the good. There's a power that's taken over in his life for the good. Amen. And everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Amen. Amen. While we get the song I want, which would be the one we sang at the rally, uh, let's come and gather in the front. That was a subtle hint, wasn't it? Come on. Right. Yes, there's power. In the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on now. There is power. 